comic timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, Network bitch. <laughs> Print it. Hey there, folks. My name's Ian Levenstein, and welcome to episode 147 of Comic Timing. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to let you guys know that the uh, sound quality of this episode, or at least the beginning of this episode, is going to sound a little different than you're used to because I'm using the uh, setup at my office to record this introduction here, and uh, they obviously have different microphones than I do, and uh, things are slightly, slightly different, and you probably wind up hearing the uh, honking horns and stuff outside because for some reason, traffic has been incredibly bad today, and I've had the pleasure of hearing it all go by from this office window of mine. So what are you guys going to hear on episode 147? Well, you're going to take a ride back in time. You're going to take a time travel mission along with me as we return to just about a year ago today and New York Comic Con 2012. These are the interviews that I am going to be putting out from that convention. And yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say those words. It has been a, a, just about a year, and these were just sitting there untouched, and I am entirely to blame for that. A lot of stuff just kept sitting in the can, and uh, life got away from me, and I just kind of forgot they existed, just like that uh, Super Show stuff. But now I remember, like, hey, I'm going to be at New York Comic Con 2013. Might be a good idea to put out the stuff from 2012 before that happens. And so you will get what you get here. I did have to do some snipping of certain interviews because uh, there was some outdated information that had to be corrected and uh, some Kickstarter information, which is no longer relevant. There were a couple interviews I was entirely unable to air because of that, and uh, that will be corrected in 2013. I don't know if I'm going to be taking many Kickstarter interviews uh, for 2013, because although I plan on getting the interviews out within two to four weeks after the con, there's always the chance that something is going to wind up expiring Kickstarter-wise before I get it out, and that makes things very difficult there. It makes things a little bit more of a pain, both for me and for the person that I'm interviewing, because, uh, you know, what's the point of, of them being interviewed if what I'm interviewing them about is going to be expired by the time it comes out? So I'll, I'll, I'll be taking careful mind of that come uh, this upcoming week. And uh, today is Monday. This upcoming Thursday, I am going to be at New York Comic Con. Yeah, that's how that's how close we are to the actual event. It will be October 10th through the 13th, and I'm going to be set up at table AA7 in the Artist Alley as part of the podcast arena. Comic News Insider, Indie Spinnerack, Comic Geek Speak, Comic Book Pit, the Multiversity Podcast, which is going to be splitting a table with me, and Daryl Taylor and the Taylor Network are all going to be part of the arena, as well as some others which are outside of the arena but are still going to be podcasts uh, that you'll be able to check out there. We're going to be in the back of the uh, North Pavilion of Jacob Javits Center, the back of the Artist Alley, and you'll be able to find uh, all of us there set up throughout the week. And if you have a wares that you would like to hawk on me, please... 
go ahead and find me. I will have my usual two mics set up as well as the roaming microphone. Or if you just want to talk comics, then I'm certainly amicable to that. And as usual, I will have comics for sale as well as some DVDs to try and get them out of my hands and into the hands of people that will appreciate them further than I have. So, what's new this year at New York Comic Con? Well, other than the location, the uh, live stream is back, and I want to tell you guys all about that before we get started here. In partnership with Twitch.tv, New York Comic Con will be streaming live from the main stage, Empire stage, and show floor all weekend long. So be sure to check out both channels this year at Twitch.tv for the most exclusive behind-the-scenes content from New York Comic Con 2013, the best four days of the year. And uh, I'm not even just saying that because it says that right here in my notes. It's because it's my favorite time of the year. It's my home con, guys. You know, I, I get to take the train to this thing. I get to go home and sleep in my own bed and then go out to a convention. You know how freaking awesome that is? You know, no travel involved other than my, my usual commute and then uh, hauling my ass over to Javits. And I cannot wait until next year for 2014 because then we'll have the 7 train. And for those of you who don't live in New York... They've been working on a 7-train extension that goes all the way out to the Javits Center. As of now, you got to take a train to uh, 34th Street, Herald Square, and then walk over, or you can take a train to 42nd Street and then walk over from the Port Authority. Soon, you will be able to take a ch- the 7-train all the way to Javits, and no more of that long-ass walk or waiting for a bus. Life will be so much simpler, and we are a year away from that. So I will enjoy my final year of schlepping before we have an extension to make life simpler in that aspect. So once again, head over to NewYorkComicCon.com for all of your information. There's a banner on the Comic Timing site at ComicTiming.net that will direct you there, or you can just follow my words and head there as well. And even better than that, I'm not even told to say this, I'm just letting you guys know that anybody who has a guidebook app will be able to install the New York Comic Con mobile app directly inside of guidebook this year around. They're not playing around anymore. They're not doing their own app and trying to compete It's just through Guidebook. That's it. Much, much simpler. I thank them for having me in Podcast Arena, and I thank you guys for listening to this show. We are now approaching episode 150. We are now three episodes away from that big number, and I have some huge plans in store, and as we approach that episode, I'll be able to tell you more about that. I'll be uh, confirming a few things at New York Comic Con And uh, once I figure that all out, I will pass it along to you guys. And as always, we are sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service at DCBService.com. If you are a first-time user of DCBS, use the promo code CT8 to get an additional 8% off on your first order with Discount Comic Book Service. They are 50% off both DC and Marvel trades and hardcovers this month, which is freaking huge. But there's one book in particular that I am going to tell you guys to pre-order. 
and it's under the other section. This is not an image book, a Marvel book, or a DC book. This is an independent, but it's a book that's near and dear to my heart because it's a book that I helped happen. And that's right, Comfort and Adam, your favorites, Comfort and Love and Adam Withers, are soliciting this month through Diamond, the first time that they've been able to do that, Rainbow in the Dark, the complete series trade paperback. And there is a special discount at DCBS. If you get it through there, 45% off for only $16.49. And this is nine issues of a comic for $16.49. It's not even just a standard nine issues. A bunch of these are extended pages. So, like, you'll have one issue be, like, 35 pages instead of the standard 22. So you're definitely getting your money's worth here. And I would suggest you go out there and do that. They've done art touch-ups for this. There's a whole bunch of bonus features in the back of the book. It's 100% worth it. Check it out at DCBS or at your local comic book shop if you don't want to do that. But, again, it's available for 45% off on DCBS, so that's certainly worth it. And uh, you can still use the digital storefront through DCBS to get some extra money back on your order. Star Wars Darth Vader and Cry of Shadows number one is fifty percent off for a buck seventy-five this month. Teen Titans Go number one is fifty percent off for a buck forty-nine, and Avatar: Last Airbender: The Search Library Edition fifty percent off for nineteen ninety-nine, and a whole bunch of other deals you'll find at DCBS. Go ahead and do that. So without further ado, here are all the interviews from last year, and again, you'll be getting this year's interviews in a much more timely fashion probably within a month's time, because I ain't letting this happen again. Enjoy. First one on the portable recorder here on Thursday at New York Comic Con, and uh, a man from the past has returned here, a man from Geek Speak Past. That's how long ago that was. Remember I used to have a podcast called Geek Speak? I barely do, but Doug Bratton does. Hey, Doug, how you doing? Very good, thanks. It's great to see you again. Yeah, uh, here on the nice quiet day of New York Comic Con. Tell me about it. It's uh, it's going to get a little different in on next two days, that's for sure. Probably in the next few hours, more than likely. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably already people lined up for the Ben Folds 5 concert later. Yeah, I heard about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's... and a little weird. Yeah, well, you know, they got to step up their game. San Diego has every celebrity in the world there, so, you know, whatever you can do. To nice. try and compete. I, I, I guess so. Speaking of, spe- of uh, you know, stepping up your game, how goes uh, Pop Culture Shock? It's doing very well. Um, for your listeners who aren't familiar uh, with me or my comic, I do a newspaper comic panel called Pop Culture Shock Therapy. Um, it's uh, self-syndicated to about 50 or so um, college and alternative news weekly papers around the country. Nice. It's also on the web at popculturecomics.com or... They can like it on Facebook at facebook.com uh, slash pcstcomics.com. And uh, I'm here uh, promoting my book that came out this past year through uh, Andrews McMeal Publishing, who they might know from doing the Calvin and Hobbes and Farside mm-hmm. books. So. Ah, Calvin and Hobbes, a dearly departed. Yeah, uh, tell me about <laughs> it. Although... Uh, Bill Watterson, um, if your listeners don't know, recently contributed for the first time at work to a new book. Yes. It was a, uh, a fundraiser um, for uh, Parkinson's research mm-hmm. called Team Cul-de-Sac. It's a oh, great wow. book for a great cause, and he contributed an original for it. That You know, it's good to see him back in the game in one way or the other. 
He's amazing. Uh, really, really fantastic. So tell us a little bit about uh, about this one. This one's a little bit different than the, than your previous books. I mean, it's got a, it's got uh, comics in it, sure, but it's got uh, commentary and stuff like that as well, correct? Yeah. Um, when Andrews McMeal picked it up, they told me they wanted to do something a little above and beyond just a standard best of collection. Um, so this one's titled The Deranged Stalker's Journal of Pop Culture Shock Therapy. It's a long title, but if any of your uh, listeners look it up on Amazon or on um, BarnesandNoble.com, they can pick up a copy or in bookstores. Um, but it's essentially uh, the book is put together as if a crazy stalker um, was reading my comic uh, at a local college and started tearing out all his favorites, <laughs> but he keeps it in this crazy journal and he starts sending me emails and correspondence and police get involved and it's it's just uh it's pretty wild but the funny thing is i wrote this when i when i did the kind of the commentary and the 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 funny things that go along with that Mm -hmm. i wrote an introduction as if this really happened right and it's very tongue-in-cheek and i think (laughs) 80% 80% of people who read it would get it, uh-huh. but some people did not. Oh, God. So I was contacted by some <laughs> relatives and readers who actually thought I was being stalked. And, and the FBI. Yeah, exactly. You know, so there was some concern for my personal <laughs> safety, which was kind of funny and kind of cool. But. Oh, my God. I, you know, considering that last night I just watched Cabin in the Woods, like, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got a really interesting, uh, like, storyline going through my head right now. And, and for some reason, the song, it always feels like somebody's watching me. Very appropriate for this book. <laughs> Although I'd probably get sued if I used it. To, well, I just you I just use the like three seconds that you're allowed to uh, as go. is Creative Commons. Well, so. and this is an uh, entertain. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is educational oh, for your course. audience. So sure. fair use. Certainly, fair certainly. Use. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, do you expect to do uh, similar books in the future, where it's not not quite collections, but maybe its own narrative around the uh, the strips? You know, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, uh, it probably depends on how this sells will determine of course if the stalker comes back for a second prison journal or something like that Um, but i but i have been working on um uh another book um it's going to take me a while because it's all original and it's not my pop culture shock therapy work when when it is at the point where it is ready to come out i will certainly stop by and let you know about awesome fantastic something new and exciting i enjoy new and exciting things absolutely (laughs) as do your fans i'm sure Give the website one more time. Sure. It's popculturecomics.com, or if they go on Facebook, if you just do a search for Pop Culture Shock Therapy, it comes up. But it's facebook.com slash pcstcomics with an S, C-S, doc, uh, that's it. And, and you still have the old school newsletter and everything, correct, where they uh, just the get... email? Uh, I kind of stopped doing that okay. once I did Facebook. But people gotcha. can sign up for it, and I do send out occasionally okay. notices of signings or things like that. Cool. That I'm doing. Fantastic. Doug, always a pleasure to see you. Enjoy your four days of madness. You too. Thank you very much, Ian. I respond with mwahahaha. You see, the kids, they listen to the rap music, which gives them the brain damage. With their hippin' and the hoppin' and the bippin' and the boppin', so they don't know what the jazz is all about. You see?
And it's day two here at New York Comic Con, the first full day, even though yesterday was three to nine, so I guess that sort of counts as a full day, too. I'm here with uh, David Daub of uh, Dust Comics. Uh, David, uh, how's uh, New York Comic Con treating you so far? I'm doing damn well, I would say. Pretty Good. damn well. Good. As long as you can put the word damn in there, that means oh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that things are going pretty well for you. Um, so tell us a little bit about Dusk. Uh, well, Dusk Comics is uh, it was born from our flagship title where I was with a couple of publishers. I was trying to get my own book out, mm-hmm. and it didn't really work. So I thought, oh, I learned enough from them. <laughs> How hard could it be? Right. Obviously, I learned my errors. <laughs> but uh, Dusk originally was a kind of a vampire old school story, and I've just moved into I took myself seriously instead mm-hmm. of just doing a vanity press thing, which there's right. nothing wrong with that, but for my vantage point, sure. I had to own up and say, no, I'm publishing full-time. Well, yeah. Full-time, don't live off of it. But <laughs> So I, I have everybody from, uh, I'm actually here with Monarch Comics, they're New York-based. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of them, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So I do their trades, mm-hmm. but I do everything from, I have the only Malaysian manga in the U.S. Okay. And, compilation of stuff from Norway mm-hmm. so it gets pretty eclectic because at the end of the day it's still my publishing thing so it's not vanity price but it's what I like right it's interesting how a lot of indie guys have to make that choice eventually when they're publishing things themselves like whether or not they're going to continue just being themselves or whether they're going to take new people on and go to that extra you know that extra step to be officially a publisher yeah, because it is a hard decision because most of us, we all get into it because we have a story to tell. Right. And we want to do our thing. And you kind of have to subvert that need initially to want to bring on other people. Sure. Because it does take away, from, it's, it's not bad, but it takes away from the art side because mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of business stuff. Yeah. There's, you know, days and weeks I don't do writing or any creative things I'm doing. Sure. The publishing and the, the marketing and all. And yeah. You, you got to love that or... It's a different type of love. You, you got to try and balance things. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, well, come on. I'm, I'm sure that there are months where Joe Casada doesn't draw. So, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, to compare it that way, I mean, yeah. you got to you got to balance the business side. But when side. he was an artist, there would be months he didn't draw, too. So he, That is true. So maybe that's not the best comparison. Yeah. But uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, Malaysian comics? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, when I first decided to do uh, full publishing, I did open submissions. I, did, I was very clear. It's like you have to have a finished book. Has to be at least uh, a light R, you know, because uh-huh. we all know how comics are still oh kind of sure right things, right. So. And I got a lot of not what I asked for, you know, a lot uh-huh. of scripts and <laughs> pictures and whatnot. And I'm like, this one's about my cat. Yeah, yeah. Or this one guy goes, oh, I have a Sherlock Holmes idea. It, it made five point two billion dollars. They did. We didn't. That's not right. Our, yeah. Right. And I finally met this group out of Malaysia. They were doing their own comic thing. They uh-huh. were looking to expand. And of mm-hmm. course, seeing USA, that's the holy grail. I'm like, ah, no, no, it's, it's just me. I'm not all of America. Yeah, right. And I took them on, and we've gotten on to, uh, we're on this, working on the third volume. We've got the first two out, so. Okay, cool. So, international presence, like, how, how, big, how big is that for you? I mean, like... Have you been publishing them outside as well, or uh, actually, that's kind of a, a trick because my the printer I'm set up with, I'm automatically distributed through various websites ah, like okay. Amazon, right? And I just signed a contract for Germany and Brazil. Oh, that's nice. 
But I have no marketing presence here. <laughs> so I don't see no Germans just accidentally surfing the web. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that, but... Eh, you never you never know when they're, when they're going to get that box up. You know, you might also like... Yes. And then, uh, and then wind up uh, finding mm -hmm. yourself. But understandable. I mean, it, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to balance a budget for uh, international press yeah. and whatnot. you got to focus on home yeah, first. Like, the coolest thing, and I know I've never gotten the sales from it, is they have a automated machine in, like, two locations, the printer. Mm -hmm. And it will print books for the person on demand. Uh -huh. And my files are in there. I know no one's ever done it. Right. But the, the, the thought of it, and you got to try these crazy things. You never know. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you mentioned uh, the Monarch Comics. Uh, yeah. So you said you, you do their their trades only? or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they, they're already doing their singles. Of they course. Do their singles right. great. Like a great setup, and I actually met them last year mm -hmm. at New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Like, I like what you're doing. Uh, I don't do that, but I do graphic novels. Right. I want to see if there's something you can do. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. And, and how wide of a reach uh, are you in the U.S.? I mean, uh, are you in like all over, or just mainly the East Coast? Um, I am actually out of Texas. Okay. So I, I have the Southeast region pretty good. Nice. And, and the more cynical side is that's why I look at branching my catalog in places like. New York. Sure. That, yeah. That's a huge market. And mm -hmm. it, it's, it feels weird for me because I love comics and they're so creative, but then <laughs> I have to be all like, ha, ah, I don't have anyone in New York. I must <laughs> print their book, even if it's crap, to get these New York dollars. Sure. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's a foot in the door, no matter yeah, which yeah. way you put at it. Yeah, without a and doubt. That's part of the, what we were talking about earlier, being serious about being a publisher mm -hmm. versus just getting your stuff out there. Right. Um, and on the publishing end, are you digital as well? Uh, would we be able to find you on stuff like uh, Graphically or anything like that? Yeah, I'm actually, I have some of my books on Graphically and some of mine through your drive-through. Okay. Drive, I would say nothing against Graphically, but I've, I've just had a better experience with drive-through. That's fine. Yeah. I just wanted to say that because... That is well, fine. He's probably yeah. here somewhere, so you can <laughs> overhear me. So. I've, I've heard plenty of things from drive-through comics as well, so, mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's, that's good stuff. And uh, where can we find you on the web? Uh, you can find me at dustcomics.com, okay. and you can find my uh, partners in crime at monarchcomics.com. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, David, uh, thanks for joining us here on uh, Comic Timing, and uh, you still got uh, about two and a half more days ahead of you here, so uh, yeah, know, enjoy the journey. What in the hell is that with Thursday? I mean, really. <laughs> Seriously. Ugh. Oh, my God. I'm done. Have you ever had Deja, Deja, Deja? Deja vu. Let's go portable this time, shall we? We're here on Saturday at New York Comic Con, joined by a returning guest, Mr. James Asmus. James, how's it going? Really well. Really, aside from losing my voice, I actually feel great. I think we've all lost our voice at this point. After karaoke last night, I have about 70%. By the end of the day, it'll probably be about 40 where were you karaoke? West 4th Street, actually, uh, with some of the CBR guys. you got to invite me next year. I, 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 love I, will, I will certainly remember to do that, man. Yeah, for sure. So uh, something got announced here, huh? Yes. Uh, this morning uh, at the Image Comics panel, uh, my first creator-owned book, wow. uh, which I co-wrote with a good friend of mine, Jim Festante, who's actually here. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> hi, Jim. <laughs> which works, because I could be talking to you or I could be talking about myself. That is exactly. <laughs> Jim, Jim. Jim, Jim. We try and keep it easy for people. <laughs> yeah, and I will vouch as James' co-author that he is a mean karaoke machine. Oh, my God. I I've been known to, uh, to pull out a uh, Jewish accent on the uh, song Sex and Candy. So, uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I do my best. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so tell us a little bit about the book, guys. Yeah, well, um, it's called The End Times of Bram and Ben. Okay. And uh, basically, it is folks just like you, me, and our friends uh, getting caught in the biblical apocalypse. And uh, one of the guys gets raptured in a clerical error and sent <laughs> back to Earth. And uh, he takes what he saw in heaven to inject himself straight into the middle of the apocalypse and try and change how it goes. Yeah. So there's, uh, and, you know, complete with angel and demon fights. Hilarious beheadings, sexy, yes. oh sexy God. times. And basically, you get to see a filter of how, how a couple different people would react if they suddenly find out they have seven years of the earth being slowly destroyed in a, a war between heaven and hell. How do you react? Some, you know, go all in and party till they drop. Uh, some <laughs> folks get super scared and start trying wheeling and dealing with forces of evil, you know. Uh, so or it's, find God. Yeah, or go the extreme yeah, yeah. other route. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's a four-issue mini series uh, from Image. The first issue is 32 pages of story content for $2.99 uh, and that's a 22-page book from there. Sweet. Um, the cover by Jim Mafood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mafood. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah the, the, Man, he, where has he been lately? I, I, feel, I feel like I haven't seen a, a sequential art for him in a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did... Um, he did a Tank Girl mini last year, okay, cool. but um, you know he was working a lot more on sort of like his gallery art and gotcha. stuff like that. Um, um, so, so sort of coming back now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we our our artist on the book is a German cartoonist we found, um, and uh, his name is Rembru, and he is really fantastic. Sort of the closest thing I could compare it to is a little bit more. Uh, a slightly less angular, uh, chi, uh, like the art from Chu, okay. uh, Tony Geary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's super expressive, really crazy. He can draw anything, like nice. architecture, monsters, all of it is, is really fantastic. But, um, you know, we wanted to give people a sense of the book, and I feel like Jim Mafood's sort of like punk rock spirit of comics uh-huh. translates really well. We were lucky enough to get him to cover the first book, and uh, you totally did this on purpose, adding another Jim into the mix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we just we feel like we didn't have enough. Yeah, we tried to convince our artist to change his name. But no, no. Oh, man, yeah, what is German for Jim? Uh, Rembro. Rem- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just shouted very loudly. Oh, yeah. No, no, as we know, that's just the German language. You just <laughs> scream on the top of your lungs. Very harsh. Exactly. <laughs> Man, you get some of the best artists to work with. I really do. You. I really do. <laughs> um, it, it helps that whenever we talk about stuff coming up and uh-huh. it's like, oh, you know, Clay needs an issue off. I sort of, I interrupt by going like, okay, well, here's six guys I want to work with before I leave this industry or get thrown out. And, um, you know, luckily, every once in a while, they go, you know what? I think that guy's available. That so. Yeah. So, uh, so co-writing, uh, how's the process work exactly? Do you guys just both come up with the plot and then, like, one does one page, one does the other, or is it sort of, like, all mixed? We actually write together. Uh, we get together twice a week for a couple hours. Uh, and it basically, you know, we come up uh, ahead of time with how, we, you know, what we want to happen uh, in the, the part that we're writing. And then we just kind of try and make each other laugh as far as the dialogue yeah. goes. Yeah, I mean, um, we've been working on this project for a while. So we, we spent a lot of time spitballing, like, the, the story and hashing that out. And then when we sat down to write, we, we've got our outline. And, and from there, yeah, it goes to, like, really just trying to get each other excited, make each other laugh, come up with something shocking and, and interesting, and, and really just, 
it's been truly the most fun I've had writing a comic in ever. So uh, I, uh, I'm really excited with how it turns out. We ran it as a Kickstarter uh, about a year ago to, to get it going before we knew Image would be on board. And um, so we've sent the first issue to our backers, and the response has been incredibly positive. Um, I've been sharing it with some creators, and I've been flattered and thrilled at the response we've gotten. So I really do feel like this is going to be uh, quite a ball. Nice. Yeah, we've also got a, uh, a six-page preview up. Okay. If anybody wants to go to lifeandendtimes.com. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a nice six-page uh, preview of the comic for book one. Yeah. Sweet. Fantastic. You know, probably the, one of the best things about uh, co-writing is, you know, when one person has writer's block, the other one just slaps them on the head and then they're good to go, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, that, that really is true, which we sort of never really came up against that in this um, because we've always been able to you know riff uh, I almost said argue but like we never really argued about anything well um, I mean I also you know I'm learning I, I, I come from a, a more of a sketch comedy background okay. so this is my first time you know writing a book so I, I you know James is yeah, he's kind of he kind he's of is established yeah. I mean you know this little thing called Gambit no, and, no, you know Thief no, of Thieves of yeah no. so I kind of just I I follow his, his lead on But see, I need him to help me stop writing people stealing things. <laughs> uh, any other Marvel stuff uh, in the pipe, or just mainly Gambit and, and your indie stuff? Yeah, no, uh, just Gambit and the indie stuff right now. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm still living in Los Angeles and and suckling on the Hollywood teat a little bit in my other time, so. Ah, uh, the Hollywood teat. I'd love for there to be a blog, like a TMZ-style blog called the Hollywood teat. I would check that every single day, I'm telling you, man. Well, I hope some listener out there goes for it, and because uh, I, I agree. The minute it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, someone better go register that domain. What's new in the Hollywood teat? Uh, give everyone your personal websites and uh, any other websites that you wish to, or Twitters or Facebooks or LinkedIn's, whatever the hell you feel like. Great, thank you. Um, I I did finally break and create a Facebook fan page for myself, which felt shameless, but I wanted to stop telling my you know aunt who doesn't care about comics every time that I, I had a new page to show or something. Nice. But so you can find that there. Um, Twitter.com slash James Asmus. Uh, A-S-M-U-S is the spelling on that. And um, jamesasmus.com. Sweet. And yeah, you? and uh, yeah, just uh, my personal website is festante.com, F-E-S-T-A-N-T-E. And Twitter handle is at Fastante. Keeping it, keeping it simple. Keeping it real, man. Keeping it real. <laughs> and uh, and please, for the love of God, continue playing Marvel uh, Alliance on Facebook because yes. you are one of my best send-ins that I have. Whenever I see that pop up on Facebook, it's just like James. I know you have work to do. <laughs> Shh. I hope my editors are not hearing this. Now, now, now. One window work, other window. <laughs> Thor facing someone. This is, I will say, I'm useless as a writer the first hour that I'm awake <laughs> and, the, you know, like the hour right before I go to bed. I just play like crazy in those two hours. Nice. That's my story. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, and we're sticking to it. James, Jim, Jim, James, James, Jim. Always a pleasure. Best of luck with the new, with the new series and uh, enjoy the rest of the madness. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we'll karaoke next year. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. All right. And uh, more from New York Comic Con when I feel like it. Look. Look with your special eyes. My brand. So it's Saturday here at New York Comic Con. Let the insanity begin. Yeah. 
as I fully expect this place to be a absolute madhouse. And uh, we haven't had a David Lewis on the show in a, quite some time. It's a pleasure to be back. I am just as stuffy and, and <laughs> pedantic as ever. Oh my god, and I and I'm just stuffed up. Period. Because oh, okay. uh, oh my god, this weekend has been crazy already. The, having it be four days, man, it's like you have to sort of sort of pace yourself to get through it all. I'm ign- I ignored that it was four days. <laughs> I, I just pretended Thursday didn't happen. Nice. And Friday's my travel day, and now Saturday is real. Lucky you, man. Lucky you. <laughs> so you're, you're you're pimping something really interesting here, uh, and I hope I pronounce it correctly because yep. you've already said it three times. Muktatafat. That's great. Yeah, that's, nice. That's perfect. Muktatafat. Okay. My, my my Hebrew uh, background, I think, is uh, helping me out hey, with this. Semitic a little bit. languages. It helps. Yeah, this is Arabic, but that's uh, it. All fall it all falls together. Shalom, motherfucker. <laughs> so uh, so tell us a little bit about it. Well, this is actually a collection of Middle East comics creators, mm-hmm. and it was assembled uh, last year yeah. by the uh, Harvard University Center for Middle East Studies. Oh, I, wow. I work with them mm-hmm. on a few projects, including uh, my own Muslim superhero research. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put it together. Uh, I came in and had it solicited for Free Comic Books Day. It actually uh, shot to about 40,000 copies being ordered. Wow. But Harvard had to pull the plug. Oh, man. Just just too much demand? or A little bit too much demand. A little bit too high a profile. Gotcha. They thought they were releasing a nice, uh, sleepy book, and it would have garnered, I think, more attention, more scrutiny mm-hmm. uh, than they were comfortable with at the time. But right. it's complete. It's done. And these artists' are, work just sort of begs to be seen. So I'm here at the con today meeting with uh, several publishers mm-hmm. in lieu of releasing it digitally, which uh-huh. is an option. Right. So it's a, it's more viable an option than ever, really. Hmm. Uh, but I do want to speak with a number of print publishers today and, and have meetings to that end to see sure. if it's something they want to take on. Of course, on. yeah. Now, uh, the creators, uh, would these all be uh, what we would call unknowns here in the U.S.? Or any, yeah. any names we would be familiar with in any way? These are, for U.S. audiences, unknowns. Okay. And that is, I think, actually part of the draw of the book. This is exposure to work mm-hmm. and to aesthetics and to just uh, people who are out there that I don't think a U.S. audience would uh, normally get to see. A mainstream uh, industrial U.S. audience would sure. get to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great stuff, too. It's, it's not just under the radar. It's actually quite talented <laughs> and, and intriguing as well. Yeah. Now, I know you're editing the book. Uh, how, how long have you been interested in, uh, in I guess, sort of the, the Middle East end of, of, of the comic book world? Uh, I would say that I'd love to say that it goes back years and years, and I was there from day one. No, my eyes started to be open to it with Marjane Satrapi, mm. with Joanne Sfar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only been a few years. I, I grew actually more interested in the lack of representation mm-hmm. of either, and these are not synonymous terms, Middle East or Muslim sure, of course. Uh, creators and characters. Most of my research right now and work is focused on Muslim superheroes, Muslim okay. protagonists, and how they work in a, what we would call a Judeo-Christian <laughs> context. And that's that's a whole different story oh unto itself. God. But uh, it did naturally sort of flow into this work at the Center for Middle East Studies and soliciting these artists that they were already working with. The Center for Middle East okay. Studies, I should say, 
uh, was already doing work with artists in the region, and then I brought so forth it just, the it, idea. It fit right in, really. It fit in. It fit in really nicely. Now, are these mo- mainly uh, uh, nonfiction tales, or a little bit of uh, a, a, little bit of B, or you know, I'd say that they all have an element of nonfiction. Okay. They're all coming from nonfiction themes mm-hmm. or concerns or autobiographical. That's great. Uh, Moments, although some are more fantastic sure. than others, some yeah. go to a slightly more uh, mythic or imaginary place. Right. But uh, th- this isn't a collection of superheroes or <laughs> fairies or sci-fi. This is very uh, on the ground. Right, certainly not those Arab superheroes that came out a few years ago. Uh, the, the, the ninety-nine, yeah, the ninety-nine, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm very interested in the ninety-nine. Yeah, and I think Doctor, uh, the Doctor that created them is excellent. But no, this is this ain't that. This is cut from an entirely <laughs> different cloth. Uh, various art styles as well yeah. throughout the piece. Yeah, this, a lot of it. I think much of it is more abstract than I'm used to seeing, mm-hmm. um, or or more. I don't want to call it simplistic. They they choose to draw in a direct uh, and simplified, stripped-down style, but they can do incredible artistic things with it. Well, and, and I mean, even these days in, in indies, you're seeing a lot more mm-hmm. folks strip down their art to try and, I guess, get the realism out a little bit more uh, because uh, there's so much you can do with just simple... Uh, S- simple pictures, a simple art, you know, like, like just just getting your point across, and uh, and not over, uh, I guess, over angleizing things. You know? I, yeah, the only the only point I'd add there: these aren't uns- this isn't unskilled art. Of course, it's of a, course, it's a yeah. choice. Sure. It's a conscious choice mm-hmm. to. Uh, I mean, I I read things. This is maybe off track. <laughs> I read things like Cyanide and Happiness, uh-huh. or I read XKCD right. online, and these are very what we would call simple drawings. Of course. Knowing that the talents behind them could do choose to do oh, yeah. whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's to get ideas across more than just uh, uh, a beautiful rendering of something. <laughs> now, your own works, uh, mm-hmm. th- th- will we be hearing your name in the future? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I've been Wading through dissertation land. I finally have my nice. PhD. Congratulations. All done. I'm going to have Dr. Lewis. Nice. Which is sort of laughable when I say it, but... <laughs> no, as long as you don't become a DDS, then you're right, fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm Dr. Lewis, DDS. I'm here to fix your teeth. Orange Scrivello, DDS. Um, <laughs> or no, Yagum. I actually, uh, I'm working on two projects right now in uh, an editorial capacity. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, this one and another one involving stories about New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yes, I'm, I'm sort of, while I'm here at the show, talking, reconnecting with some old artist friends mm-hmm. about one or two creative projects. But cool. these, I think you'll see my behind-the-scenes administrative editorial work mm-hmm. come out uh, before that creative work does. Fantastic. Uh, give everybody a, a, a website where they can find out more information on Muktatafat. Muktatafat. Right now, the best uh, contact point would probably be my website, www.captionbox.net. But I, I should add that this does originate at Harvard University's Center for Middle East Studies okay. uh, Outreach Center. So they should be credited. And you sure. can see interviews with some of the artists mm-hmm. there about their general work. My site will have uh, a greater focus on this specific volume. Great. And any social media presence for these uh, for this yet? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatnot, so on and so forth? Soon. Soon, okay. Yes. Uh, there was, and still is for that matter, a mm-hmm. Kickstarter site. Oh, great. Uh, we explored that option before Free Comic Book sure. Day came about. Right. It raised a great amount, but not the budgeted amount Harvard had for it. Right. 
I may refigure that. I, I may, yeah. if uh, depending on how these talks this weekend go, yeah. uh, decide to approach it again. But I feel like Kickstarter is where everyone goes now. Yeah, so. well, I mean, uh, and that's just it. I mean, there are other sites out there that do the same thing Indiegogo, as Kickstarter. Indiegogo, yeah. And I know that there was another comic one that's starting up soon that I heard about uh, that's online. So we'll see where this goes. But, uh my man, good to see you. Thank you so much for having me back. For sure. And I uh, hope to see you uh, next year uh, in one capacity or another. I will wander through. <laughs> hey, David Lewis, more from New York Comic Con on Saturday, if I don't fall asleep. We are return here on Saturday at uh, New York Comic Con. I have had my uh, yogurt with honey, so my voice will probably survive at least five or six hours here. I'm here with Matt Kelly, uh, who's uh, pimping out a uh, new uh, mostly webcomic, correct? Mostly webcomic, that's right, that's right. <laughs> mostly. Mostly, we'll mostly. You know, yeah, how these, these things go. If it blossoms and matures and do a uh, full-fledged comic dumb. Hopefully someday it'll see print. Well, tell us all about it. I'd love to. I'd love to. My comic is called Annabelle Avery colon or hyphen Steampunk Girl. So okay. Annabelle Avery Steampunk Girl. Mm-hmm. And she is sort of like a uh, 1880s uh, rocketeer meets Indiana Jones. Okay. And she gets on all sorts of adventures once her uncle, who's the Minister of Technology, goes mm-hmm. missing. He's kidnapped and it's right in front of her eyes in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. His guards are knocked out. One of them drops a rocket pack on the ground. She's like... I gotta go find him. She straps it on, and it's just a blast from there. She meets crazy inventors. She goes into like a Moss Isley cantina filled with steampunk crazies. She encounters the Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. There's giant robots. Oh wow! Cyborgs. I mean, you name it. You know, this book has it, and it's kind of like in the style of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I was right. watching that a couple months ago mm-hmm. when I came up with this idea, and I was like, you know what? That movie is relentless. <laughs> it's just like action scene after action scene after action scene. Indie. I mean, you know, he's a great character. You know, Harrison Ford brings a lot to the role, but right. there's not a lot of talking. He just keeps getting into scrape after scrape after scrape, but he has such a fun time doing it yeah. that uh, you don't mind. And, sure. And it's great. So I, I was like, how do I emulate that in a comic book form? So this is uh, this is what I'm my attempt here. And, and, and a little earlier than the indie film, so you've got yourself a whole a whole new uh, time period to work off of. Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of, uh, you know, things in the steampunk genre that, you know, haven't been tackled yet in kind of like a mainstream action-adventure format, so mm-hmm. I think I think the time is ripe for something cool like this. Cool. Uh, now, uh, as, as I saw in the, uh, in the preview you showed me, uh, you've got multiple artists working on this. This is correct. This is correct. Yeah. This is my first webcomic, and so I decided this would be a good time since this is my first time doing a webcomic. Maybe bring on some artists who are less uh, experienced and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, some first-time uh, talent that are breaking through. They right. want to make their mark. And so Popping I, each other's cherries. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Why not, you know? Yeah. Sort of like high school relationships. Oh, dear. Except, well, hey, you brought it up. <laughs> I you, made a terrible mistake. You did. You dropped that bomb. You that's put that fine, out there. That's fine. That's all good. What's our rating on this podcast? Uh, our rating is whatever the hell I want it to be. All so right, it's, all, it's right. all good. Yeah, so I went online. I, I got some friends. You know, I got a lot of friends who are artists. And, you know, in my day job, I work with artists all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I decided that I'd bring them on board. So each chapter, it's a weekly series. Mm-hmm. Each chapter is about six pages. Yeah. So I figured that would be, you know, a good commitment for an artist to jump on. Uh, for six uh, pages, they draw it up. I do the lettering and the coloring myself, cool. and uh, we throw it up on the website. It's www.annabelleavery.com. Mm-hmm. Two N's, two L's. You know, you know, I couldn't help but think uh, when when you uh, pitched it just now, 
reminded a little bit of uh, the Secret Adventures of Jules Verne. You remember? Mm. You remember that sci-fi show from? Uh, I, from the I do remember 90s? that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, uh, it, it's very much in that style. You know, when I was thinking about what my influences were for this, I kept going back to like. Um, Back to the 80s, before steampunk was ever, like, even a thing. Do you remember that movie, The Adventures of Young Sherlock Holmes? Yes, yes, I do. Like, that had a huge, profound influence Mm -hmm. on me, and I read that and a lot of other uh, books, like, um, there's a Philip Jose Farmer, he's a Mm sci-fi author, and he wrote a series called Riverworld, Mm -hmm. and it's all about, well, it's too hard to explain, but basically there's these crazy steampunk stuff that happens in this book, Right. and uh, if if you're interested, it's an amazing, amazing book series, and... um, it was before steampunk was ever like a term, before yeah. it was even a word. So this has been gestating in my mind for a long time. And, you know, it's, it's great that shows like Jules Verne and, you know, uh, other things that are out there. I know there's another comic, a couple other steampunk comics that are out there. I'm glad that it's coming to the forefront. It's a great yeah. genre. It's interesting how steampunk has almost become a lifestyle in some ways. It's very interesting you bring that up. Yeah. I have one of my friends is a photographer. Her name's uh, Babette Daniels. Uh, mm-hmm. Babette, there's a plug for you. Wow, look at that. <laughs> And uh, she does nothing but exclusive steampunk photography. She okay. takes pictures of people that live this life, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's and you know that's not me. You know, I I I'm more of a regular Joe. But yeah. it's fascinating. I mean, people really have taken this on, unlike anything we've ever seen before. I mean, you don't see people, mm-hmm. you know, dressing up in Star Trek costumes, you oh, know, yeah. going to their job. I mean, maybe that one lady in the documentary Trekkies, <laughs> but but that's it, really. I mean. But you have some of these people that they go to clubs, they hang out, they hang out in bars mm-hmm. with goggles and brass knuckles that yeah. extend over their whole fingers. So well, hey, I mean, just like goth was a was a thing that came out of nowhere. Now, now steampunk is uh, is the next step, I guess. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, so one, give everybody the website one more time, uh, and how much uh, how much content is currently on there? Uh, sure, uh, the website again is uh, annabelleavery.com. Annabelle Avery. You can also find it on Facebook. We have a Facebook fan page. Mm-hmm. Just type in Annabelle Avery Steampunk Girl. Uh, right now, as of this uh, podcast, this recording, the, the prologue is up. So okay. it's, the, it's the perfect place to jump on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, each chapter is going to go up each week. So every Friday, there'll be another chapter up on the website. Uh-huh. You can read it there. Okay. I'll also, I'm also going to have uh, PDFs and CBRs for people to download if right. they want to okay. you know, read it in that form. Sure. That's, fu- that's fine. Yeah. And uh, the first season runs for about eight weeks. Okay. So then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to ready the second season. That'll debut next year. Fantastic. All yeah. right. Well, uh, well, Matt, uh, best of luck to you. And, Thank you, Ian. Thank and uh, welcome to the world of comics. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a great debut, I hope. <laughs> welcome to the world of more show after this. I flipped the pig. No! Look. It ain't a con if I don't talk to Lytle at least once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Julian. How's it go? Oh, what's up, Ian? What's up, Comic Time, man? I'm back on the show again. Oh. But I noticed that. I mean, there's a lot of them that are kind of standoff. Higher, 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 <laughs> higher. As high as you can go. How'd it go, man? How'd the weekend go? Oh, man, it went great. It went great. Uh, I made a little bit of money, messed with people, chilled out, stayed out too late in New York City. <laughs> Raised the brand awareness. That's right. Raise the awareness up. <laughs> yeah, man. This is how I do, man. It's all right. It's all right. It's all good. No, no. I, it's just I'm talking about this other stuff over here on the side. <laughs> He's going to be listening to this thing in the background. Yes. Let's talk about that other uh, stuff. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it, it's okay. It, 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 I, I promise my name is not Rich Johnston. I will not. Nothing. None of this will go on any website but my own podcast. It's all right. It's well, all good. I appreciate it's all good. That because let me tell you something. Yeah. I I, I caught. Um, I do a show called Fantastic. 
platform. Uh -huh. I was at the Harvey Awards a couple of years ago. Yeah. Caught on film yeah. this dust-up between Mark Wade and Sergio Arcones. You're the one. Oh, my God. Wow. I never released the footage. <laughs> Other people did. I only talk about it. As far yeah. as I know, anybody else can uh, only talk about it. Gotcha. I actually have footage oh of the punch God. being thrown. And pretty what? <laughs> what? What? You didn't put that out? Yo, that's a world song. Yo, you, you need you need you need a Blu-ray with extra features on that shit right there. You need you need color commentary from Wade and Argonis. I'm swear I swear they do it too. Oh, I know, but my my point is there's a certain degree of decorum that one is supposed to exercise. This is the this is the comic book industry we're talking about. There ain't no decorum. Come on. Well, you know, if you got something to peddle, I guess. But, you know, I mean, I wanted to make friends with these guys. You don't make friends by releasing... It's true. Yeah, you don't make friends it's with true. Mark Wade. If you, you know, you release the footage of Sergio Argonis kicking his ass. You don't, you don't win friends with Salad, and you don't win friends with uh, videos kicking people with asses out of turn. I get you, I get I you. And it's in, it's only one view, you know I mean? If I, yeah. now, if I had I several of these... Do you want to see it? I'll show it to you. You yeah. my boy. He'll, he'll do he'll do the punch by punch uh, breakdown online. No, that's something you gotta have on your phone. G give you, a, you gotta have it on your phone. Give you give you give your name to the to the, to the comic timing listeners since you've been talking for the last three minutes. Uh, uh, okay, I'll give you my yeah, right. yeah, It's Ulysses Campbell. Hi, hi Ulysses. Very nice to meet you. Well, the pleasure's mine. I had no idea I was even going to appear on a podcast today. <laughs> Came to sit down, rest my tired, aching feet. We run around here at Comic-Con New York, you know? We, we call this the Julian Weidel effect. Uh, whenever he's around, people wind up on mic saying shit. So... <laughs> It just sort of happens. Well, I'm extremely impressed that he's being as vocal with you. I did a little feature on him a couple of years ago. And he had all them lights in my face, man. Do you, well, see, do you see a camera here? There's no camera. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's cool. He's very glib now. Oh, yeah. You turn the lights on, the camera all of a sudden is like, I'm Julian Lytle. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be on camera. I'm not supposed to be on camera. You're supposed to be oh, Rick. You're, suppo you're supposed to be Rick Flair, man. How I, I could you not? Level. I gotta get to that level. I ain't at that level yet. Yeah. I got a lot more practicing and styling and profiling. When you, when you get to that level, you'll be able to take the camera. Yeah, I gotta get my sunglasses. <laughs> you know, Rick in the road. Ugly ass can be on camera. I have no idea why. Does he know that he shouldn't be on camera? He says he's something's wrong with his brain. That part is just not there. His fat ass always on my TV, shaking and jiggling around. Like a goddamn Stay Puft Marshmallow Man with the dark chocolate version. Oh, I love you, man. Seriously. See, this is the kind of personality that I wanted for that feature. Because I hang around with this guy at the comic book store, and he's all the way live. You know, I'm like, yo, Julian, we going to do an interview, man. Okay, I'm with it. Come by the store, set the lights up, camera rolling. And I was at work. Hi. Julian. My, my favorite color is blue. And I was uh, at work, too, man. I was happy Nobody was there. <laughs> Don't be acting like you was in front of your boss. The signs was there. The signs. Excuses, excuses, excuses. That's all I hear, Wattles. How depressing the signs was making. Signs have eyes. <laughs> so depressing. Yeah, right. No. So, so question: How how has becoming a personal friend of Grant Morrison changed your life? Oh man, I wish I was a personal friend of Grant Morrison. <laughs> That'd be so dope. I'll probably be writing like five uh, DC books right now, and it would be good. <laughs> It'd be so icy. You'll get there. You'll get there. Now, now that you met the man. Yeah, you never know. You know. You know, build my brain up a little bit more. You know, I fill in. Make some crappy books. Now nah, they wouldn't be crappy because I'm too hot for that. Get more good comments from J.H. Williams. 
Yeah, that was dope. Watch. I got I get to email him personally now. It's kind of dope. I'm thrilled you had a good time, man. Man, Morse Con ruins every other con. Yeah. yeah. I look at this con as like. It's, not, it's, it's nothing. Well, because it, it's not personal like that one was. I ate the pink taco, you know? Pink taco. <laughs> pink taco. It's good living. You know, you know, I hear that sexual innuendo. Who's local? Hey. <laughs> it's uh, Vegas. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Man. So what else have you been up to, man? Man, just this. I'm tired. Too many damn conventions. Yeah? That's it. I'm tired. I don't... This is the last one of the year, or you got more going? No. No. Not yeah. I'm going to play some PlayStation. Yeah. Nice. Go to sleep. What are you playing right now? Resident Evil 6. How is it? I like it so far. Yeah. I read all the reviews and they was like, this is the most terriblest game on the earth of gaming. And I'm like, damn, you kill zombies. How? What's wrong I, with that? I fully appreciate that the voice acting still sucks after all these years, though. Like, Barry. You know, Yo, like, that much hasn't changed. The first game was awesome. It was a straight B movie. I still like that. Jill, the master of unlocking. <laughs> Until I get an actual live action movie. When they say that, yeah. all them, I fuck a Mila Jovovich movie, fucking Resident Evil. I hate that shit. I want a movie called The Master of Unlocking. That sounds like a that sounds like a Nick Cage movie waiting to happen, I swear. See, you just put that out there. Next year, there's going to be The Master of <laughs> Unlocking with Nick, Nick Cage. <laughs> we have to go find the locks. <laughs> I don't know why the hell he's still broke. He didn't make so many crappy movies to get out of bankruptcy. He sold all his comic books. Why the hell is he still broke? Hey, Coke so and he, hookers, man. Coke that's, and hookers. That's it. Coke so and hookers. He basically is living, leaving Las Vegas in real life. He's uh-huh. just going around the cart, yeah. dancing with sunglasses on. Running around. Anyone want to buy my action comics? Anybody? 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 It's not like uh, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones used to be the king of B-movies. Oh, yeah. I saw him in these, like, Sidney Sheldon movies or whatnot back in the day. You know? I mean, it's like, that's where Nick Cage needs to go, yeah. you know? I mean, you know, make Other Side of the Mountain 2 or, you know, something like that. Uh, Have you seen his last movie, the fake taking poster? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't. The movie is like fake taking. Really? Yeah, except wow. it's him. So it steals his family. I hope and he has a secret set of skills or something. I hope it's called. I hope it's called Took. <laughs> like it's actually something worse than that. It's actually something worse than that. I don't remember it because it's that bad. But it's actually something that bad. Oh God! As a movie posted the whole night, it's fake taking. Oh. And they started promoting it when Taking Two was getting promoted. Like, yeah. You sketch. Some- Liam Neeson's hustle alone. He lost his wife. Now, now he has many skills. That's right. He's also a lion. Soon, freaking Nick Cage. Yeah, Lion Jesus. <laughs> I'm glad I never like got those books as a kid. Somebody would have told me, like, yo, there's some books where some kids go into a closet and they meet Lion Jesus and they fight a witch. I'm like, really? Yeah. And they have a freaking, was it a mouse night? Like, yeah, a mouse night. That's some more bullshit. Let, let me tell you something. That's a very popular series of books. Yeah. And it's because, you know, the guy knew J.R.R. Tolkien. Right. Apparently they were drinking buddies, you know? I think that they used to probably drop acid together and they outdo each other, you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, hey, uh, There's no lying Jesus, story. though. Well, he was just really bad. Lying. And, no, and, I said lying. Jesus, I watched the movie. And there, was all, and, the, and there was also no, you hit puberty, so you go to hell. In any of the Tolkien's. Well, okay, I'll give you that. But, you know, I mean, but the whole fact that they had Christmas, you know, I mean, he might have been symbolic of Jesus. But, hey, I mean, let's face it. He came back. He got whipped and shit. What the hell? I was so salty when I found out what the hell this was. Yo, Lord of the Rings is hype. My man Gandalf, they got freaking thou shalt not pass a fire, dude. I, I you think, upgrade, you level up. Gandalf upgraded, became Gandalf the White. Also, Final Fantasy shit. The, the, the Balrog. 
The Balrog. Balrog okay. is good. My Balrog is a black dude that punches dudes in the face. I was going to say. I was going to say. Yeah. Don't you mean M. Bison in Japan? Mike Bison. <laughs> Mike Bison. Mike, Mike Bison. Oh, oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started on that. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I love that movie. Uh -huh. You know I mean? Oh. Troopers, I've just received new orders. Our superiors say the war has been canceled, and we can all go home. <laughs> Dude, that's the movie that killed Raul Julia. Hey, let me tell you something. I was watching that with a buddy of mine. You know, we're drunk off our asses. It was like 2 in the morning. All of a sudden, watching that scene that I was talking about, we reverted back to 13-year-old kids. You know, at the end of that movie, it's like, who wants to go home? And who wants to go with me? We're like, I want to go. I want to go with you. That, that, that's, Come on, that's the way I felt when I watched the 80s Fright Night for the first time. How they going to have How they gonna have a French dude playing the American dude? Well, it's still better than the Chun-Li movie, though. Have you seen the Chun-Li oh, movie? No, I will not touch that Yo, they shit. They got Chris Klein looking drunk, playing freaking Nash from Alpha, and a fake-looking Gen. And Kristen, Chris, Kristen Krupp don't look Chinese. She looked Asian enough, I guess. But no, yeah, she, she look, doesn't. I guess for them, they have the dude from the black, the one lame dude from the black eyed peas, the one that does nothing. It's freaking Vega. <laughs> and poor Michael Clark Duncan, again, oh. dope apple. At least he kind of looks like Mike Bison. It kind of works. R.I.P. M.C.D. Man, seriously. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm still sad about oh, that. Oh, they made and they made freaking M. Bison into like some white dude <laughs> in a suit. You don't even rock the, the dope ass gear. Ugh. The, with the hat, you know. Psycho Glasha. None of that. I got none of that. I was pissed. <laughs> At least he was flying. Raul Julia was flying in the air and shit. Blanca was coming down. Dawson was stretching. See, this is why I talk to you, because it starts off with how the con went, and then we wind up on Raul Julia. That's that's how this goes, man. Stream of consciousness, baby. It's the way Stream it. of consciousness. And you knew the yep. job was dangerous oh. when you took it. Please, please. <laughs> Trust me, I've had this guy on way too many times, you know, that we never stick on a goddamn topic. All that, it all goes back to my damn brownie, my brownie Sunday. <laughs> I'm still mad. You know... That's it. Now I gotta make sure Martheus listens to this one too. That's right, cause he, yo, that's some bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How you gonna take yo. the last joint? All right, here's how we do. All right, Super Show back. All right. We get there nice and early. We get yourself two Sundays. Nah, so they gonna they, two Sundays. Yeah. What's gonna happen? The chico comes like, oh, I got a Sunday. Why you got a Sunday when you working? <laughs> Why you eating a Sunday? Briars, Briars, fifty cents, man. Two for five. Two, two for five. five. Two for five. <laughs> two for five. <laughs> <laughs> get some Hershey syrup. <laughs> Yo, what's the, what's the best thing you drew all weekend, man? Macho Man. Ooh. A Macho Man sketch. Snap into a Slim Jim. I gave him a cup of cream because the cream, all the cream always rises to the top. <laughs> and the cream. Ooh, yeah. That's my shit. Dig it. I'm still pissed that Wex Luther killed Elizabeth, man. Man, that's just oh, that's just real life. Yeah. That's just sad. Luger, man. I don't even want to think about that stuff. Yeah, I Macho it. Man dead, Elizabeth dead. Yeah. Lex Luger, Luger somehow still walking around. Yeah. This is depressing. Wrestling is depressing. Was, was, that, was that a was that a sketchbook that you put that in, or was that? Yeah, yeah. It's on my Instagram. Nice. Julian Lytle. Sweet. And what what else going on? Anything? Nah, man. I'm making it till five. Sweet. Sweet. That's about it. Links the usual. Uh, JulianLytle.com. Ants.JulianLight.com for my webcomic Ants. Mm -hmm. JulianLight on Twitter. Yep. JulianLight on DeviantArt. JulianLight on Tumblr. And Julian, and Julian Light will explode on every goddamn podcast. Yeah, that's why I don't end up doing my own podcast. Because I'm on everybody else's podcast. You know, what, you, you know what? You talked long enough. Give your website, said everything. Oh, thank you very much. It's www.fantasticforum.tv. Fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate the plug. 
by all means. I plug people. That's what I do. And uh, we might have more from New York Comic Con if anyone else wants a microphone stuck in their face. There was a little Spanish flea, a record star, he thought he'd be. He heard of singers like Beatles, the chipmunks he's seen on TV. Why not a little Spanish flea? All right, it continues to be Sunday here at New York Comic Con. I found someone else to talk to. Woo, woo. It's, uh, it's Ken Knudsen. Got it right. Yep. Go me. Um, I found my monkey's name is Jennifer, I don't even remember where, like about 10 years ago. It's still running, huh? Yeah, uh, that's probably when the first issue first came out. So uh, you've been with me for a long haul. Thank you. No, pro- no problem. I, I mean, the trade, how long ago did that come out? Because I, I have that as well. Yeah, the first trade, uh, collecting the first six issues and extra stuff, came out a while ago. Um, then SLG told me they moved to no longer really releasing single issues, so I had to work longer on the second trade, uh-huh. and I'm working now on the third trade. Cool, cool right on. Uh, for those unfamiliar, tell them a little bit about the book. Uh, it's a very cute story about a little girl and the monkey, and the monkey's crazy because it's a male monkey that the little girl treats like a sister. She puts him in a dress. <laughs> they have tea parties with stuffed animals. The parents have him neutered, declawed, and bonk him in the head. But then they go on adventures. Because what else would a little girl and a monkey do? Yeah. So they, they see pirate ships. They go to a movie. They uh, drink alcohol too much in the medicine. Yeah. You know, this is this is one of those uh, those books that I consider a, a gateway book because the the girlfriend of mine at the time wasn't really into comics, but she saw it on the shelf, saw the monkey, and immediately she was like, "Bam, sold." Uh, what what uh, what readership do you uh, do you typically find for My Name Is Jennifer? Like, do you see a lot of uh, like variation in the in the readership? Oh yeah, definitely. And the key thing is, I asked when I was doing the comic. I asked my friends that weren't comic book readers if they can understand what was going on. Because uh-huh. I figured, like, it's about an angry monkey, so it's going to be tough to follow. So I made sure, like, uh, I would show, like, the, the thumbnails and the pages to my friends. Like, all right, can you tell me what's going on? Uh-huh. You know, things like the monkey thought uh, boxes. I wanted to make sure that was clear. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure the storytelling was clear so anyone could figure out what was going on. And I think that really helped out a lot. And I've always been a fan of your art style. Uh, where do you draw your influences? Uh, like, I guess, uh, what did you grow up with? Uh, what what really uh, led you to the art style you chose? I mean, I've been reading comic books and stuff for since I was a kid. But when I went to SVA, you know, uh, instead of like instead of just like a regular comic book school, I took a lot of fine art classes. And a big influence was uh, a teacher, John Ruggieri. Um, I mean. Previous alumni are like uh, John Paul Leon, uh, Tommy Lee Edwards, Sean Martinborough, uh, Willie Rosado. Uh, these are like you learn how to draw, and it's a very, a very instinctive way to, to look at things. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be super realistic, but you know, it's a lot of, uh, especially when you combine it with Jack Potter, who passed away several years ago, uh, Joe Orlando. You know, you get a lot of spotting blacks and a lot of shape-oriented stuff. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be super realistic. You just got to get your point across. Yeah, and when you combine that with uh, the other two, with John Ruggieri, the other two big influences in that school were Walt Simonson and Klaus Janssen. <laughs> you know, it's not bad to have guys who know how to draw to help you out. Seriously, it's freaking Simonson, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Uh, and what's cool is uh, they recognize people who really try hard. Like, my buddy Jerry Ma and I came through together. And we're friends with Walt Simonson and Klaus Jansen now. So, uh, like, Klaus Jansen inked the first two covers for my comic. Nice. Walt did a, a back uh, cover for it. Like, these are prize possessions. <laughs> okay. 
I am jealous of you right now, just even saying the words, well, I'm friends with Walt Simonson. I'll tell you right now, Walt Simonson and uh, his wife, Louise Simonson, oh. are the nicest people yes, you will ever meet in the world. Yeah, yeah no, I, I got the pleasure of meeting them at a small uh, show in Reading, Pennsylvania about uh, two, two years back, and they are absolute sweethearts. Walt was sitting there the entire day just putting free, like, three-minute sketches on, in everybody's sketchbook, and it's amazing what he can do in such short time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's even better when, uh, like, you get him, and uh, Jerry has him and uh, Larry Hama at the booth. Once you get those guys talking about this, it's all you just sit back and like don't ever stop. Seriously, you just want to put the microphone there and just record it as like a special session and just release it for everybody. It would be awesome. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, give everybody your website. Uh, let them know where they can find more information on, on your stuff and uh, you know Facebook, Twitter, whatever else you got. Throw it in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm on everything. Just uh, Google Newton. It's spelled K-N-U-D-T-S-E-N. Yeah. Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, Blogspot, uh, Tumblr, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Everywhere you can be social. Exactly. <laughs> Including at conventions. You're damn right, because I got a microphone in front of you, and that's called being social, bitches. What? <laughs> Do you have a personal website, or...? Uh, just the uh, Ken Newton blog spot. You know, I'll throw the images on there. Sometimes I explain uh, the use of story of how I come up with them. Fantastic. Well, well, thank, thanks for joining us here, Ken, uh, and uh, enjoy the last, uh, let's see, it's 312 right now, so a little less than two hours here at New York Comic Con. No problem, Ian. All right. Uh, more? 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 Everything's fucking wonderful! As I, as I discussed the pronunciation of my name and hers, uh, Alex DeCampi joins me here on Comic Timing. Alex, uh, how was your weekend here in the wonderfully spacious Artist Alley? Uh, it's been lovely. We're kind of back in Siberia. I mean, I always tell people to bring their passport when they come visit my booth. <laughs> like, take a left at the Polar Bear, take a right at the Gulag, and you're there. Nice. Um, but we've actually had a really good con. Lots of people stopping by that both knew us and had never heard of us. And we love the ones that never heard of us because, um, because we make new fans. Sure. And I've had uh, posters and flyers and stickers to give away for my new books. Um, and they're always really popular. And everyone uh, has been really appreciative of the art of um, in Valentine, the book I have out now from Image with Christine Larson, who's just over there. Cool. Uh, po- pointing on a radio podcast, always good. Yay, Alex. It's okay. Um, we, we can understand. <laughs> Especially if you say point. Yes. Point. <laughs> um, uh, and um, the art on the poster for uh, my thriller, Ashes, which is coming out next year, which nice. was a Kickstarter project. Okay. Um, uh, Valentine, 350 pages, supernatural thriller, all sto- non-stop action, all color, beautifully illustrated by Christine, a Philadelphia artist. Uh-huh. Um, was originally a digital comic, which did super well. We had 350,000 downloads. It became kind that's, of a cult that's hit. Great. Yeah. Um, and now uh, we've collected it, and so selling books so we can finish it. Um, then Ashes was a big Kickstarter project, uh, and it has it's just being finished now, and it's in pre-order. Sweet. It has an amazing roster of artists. Um, again, it's a thriller story. I tend to write thrillers. Right. Um, and people always tell me to like talk more about your story, but first I want to tell you about my artists. Sure, by all means. Sinkevitz. Oh. <laughs> I think we all know who that is. Big painted section at the end. Yep. R.M. Guerra from Scalped, oh, who is God. one of the most amazing artists that. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. He's just amazing. Um, Colleen Duran, the, the woman, the legend. Uh, Carlos Speed McNeil, the woman, the legend. Um, Dan McDade, who's done a bunch of work for Oni, and he's just, he's like the next big thing. He's got a line like Mazzuchelli crossed with Will Eisner. It's like looking at his ink work is like looking at sex. It's great. You've got freaking all-stars here. Boom. And my covers. Let me tell you about the covers. <laughs> now. 
I do have some amazing cover artists from Dan Panosian to Viktor Kalvachev uh, to Coop, the pinup artist who's done an amazingly sexy uh, pinup cover to issue five. Nice. Fantastic. Wow. And, and, and you are so concise, too, with everything right now. Uh, I, I got to ask, like, what, what type of thriller exactly is Ashes? Because, I mean, you know, you, you, get, you get different varieties of thrillers out there. I, I want to know specifically what you got. Well, I tend to write more in the British tradition, more uh, Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, kind of with a lot of depth and, and literary meaning to it. But you can kind of ignore that and just look at the explosions and the gunfire. <laughs> it's technically the follow-up to my Eisner book, um, Smoke, uh, but you don't have to have read Smoke at all to have um, to understand Ashes. The story is basically the there's a military accident in America and the mind of a very disturbed 15-year-old boy gets uploaded to the internet, and the internet becomes sentient. So if you imagine that Skynet is a really trollish 15-year-old kid with mental problems, and he hates our two main characters, who are a so- former soldier and a journalist. Now, she's got words. He's got some pistols versus the internet. How do you fight the internet, which is connected to everything? Your oil platforms, your car, power grids, everything. Your McDonald's drive-thru. Indeed. Um, (laughs) He's going to supersize that bitch for you. Oh, you're damn right. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever seen the the anime uh, serial experiments Lane? No, I haven't. That would definitely be right up your alley. Talking about the uh, the jacking into the internet specifically, uh, it's all about a girl who uh, pretty much becomes one with the internet, and then sort of becomes like almost like a uh, like an icon of it. Yes. So. Uh, th- this is this is I haven't seen the anime, but this is probably much darker and. I w- yes, I would say so. I know it's always dangerous to say you're darker and stranger than an anime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because because those, those Japanese know dark and strange. Yes, and I love them, and I grew up watching them. <laughs> Damn right. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Valentine. Valentine is um, a very sort of classically written, um, pulpy supernatural thriller with a ton of cliffhangers. So, like, there's a cliffhanger in the middle of every chapter. There's a cliffhanger at the end, and sometimes we throw some in, just sprinkle them around, just to make it more exciting for you. I grew up reading fantasy novels, so writing Valentine was like a return to the 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 ocean for me it was just delightful because I love that toy box I kind of dived in with both hands yes Um, and uh, basically it starts off in the past a soldier in during Napoleon's retreat from Russia where like most of the army died in a blizzard uh, uh, stumbles off in the snow finds a general who's dying a French general who says you must take this package to high command right and it's like one of those horror movie moments. Like, don't open the door. Like, don't take the package. And he Wha- takes black the- woman in back of the in back of the uh, the theater, going, "Don't you go in there? Don't you go in there, hon?" <laughs> <laughs> so, taking the package. And then he finds himself in the middle of a war between two supernatural forces. Both of them are trying to get back to their own world. Who got stuck on the earth when the magic started draining away, and now they're almost human, and there's no magic, and they feel leaden and horrible and disgusting. Oh boy. And they just want to go, and they're very angry, and he's in trouble deep. And, and, and just like the Hulk, you won't like them when they're angry. You won't like them when they're angry either. Yeah. Sorry. Bad. Okay, only Ang Lee can make two helicopters look like four. I freaking hate that. Indeed. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is, I love, his, I love a lot of his other films, and yeah. there were moments in that film that were really great. Right. And um, then there were moments that weren't. And then Nick Nolte's head exploded, and I was like, yeah, what? I know, I know. And then Nick Nolte was involved at all. <laughs> what? The Incredible Hulk is much more of a superior movie, I'll say that much. So, I've, I've seen both. Actually, 
like many people, I would say my favorite Hulk is the Avengers Hulk. Um, the, my favorite line in the Avengers film was um, "Puny God." No, it was a different. It was a much more subtle moment. Okay. My secret is I'm always angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was right up there with some of my favorite uh, Hulk runs. So sweet. Um, give your website. Give any other information you so desire to the folks out there, so they can find more about your work. Uh, this is really embarrassing, but my website's kind of crap because I'm too busy making books. I've been lettering Ashes, which is 260 pages, and I've been hand-drawing all the balloons in Illustrator because I'm that quality-obsessive. Nice. Um, but the best way to follow me uh, is Twitter, at alexdecampi.com. Okay. Um, and uh, I talk to people regularly on it, so just hit me up if you have questions or want to order Ashes or... Uh, anything else cool fantastic well Alex wonderful getting to know you here at the show and uh, hope it was a good weekend for you thank you so much no problemo I'm gonna press end record now We have exactly 25 minutes left to go in this long four day New York Comic Con I'm here with my roommate my man Umar the Fixers Hideout Umar. What's up, Ian? How's it going, dude? Pretty good, man. It was a damn good weekend. What yes, about it you? Was. I had to go back to reality, and that upsets me. <laughs> so how'd you spend your weekend, for the most part, outside the table? Uh, trying to get interviews and failing because it was so freaking crowded. I know, right? I, I could not believe the crowd. The aisle chokes were kind of insane. I mean, at Simon & Schuster, they were giving away books. You should have seen the line. Like, people read? <laughs> Well, apparently they do. This is a comic convention, after all. Oh, uh, you're supposed to read those things? Yeah. Now you tell me. Yeah. That's I, what I've been doing wrong. Don't just look at the pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> did, you hit up, did you hit up anything? You mean, did you go, did you go anything, at, any, anything in particular? Or just Couldn't do around? what I had to do. Make it all show business this Man. weekend. Man, wow, nice. You know, uh, but it was interesting. i got to ask you a question personally. Sure. Do you think the costumes seem to outnumber the people dressed in street clothes? You know, I said to you earlier this weekend, and I still think it, it's it's about 60-40 street clothes to costumes. It just but felt like, wow, a lot of costumes this, this year. This has become like almost like the Dragon Con of the East. No kidding. When it comes to cosplay. And most of it's good, too. Actually, I have to admit, people, there were no slouchy ones except for the people who were doing the joke costume. Right. But everyone really put the work into it. I'm not even joking. My favorite costume, my favorite joke costume of the weekend were the uh, the rapper Captain America and Iron Man that were walking around. No, I like the guy who was uh, the red-headed guy with the Wonder Bread hanging from him, and he said, Gingerbread Man. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Right on, man. Uh, favorite thing you saw this weekend, whether it be costume, whether it be anything else? The favorite thing I saw this weekend... Hot women. Hmm. That's the costume I like. Well, the hot, well, hot women hot are women here all the time now, yeah. so... But I have to say, the favorite thing I saw this weekend, what I have to say, yeah. was Mr. Paulson doing uh-huh. the Nations of the World song yes. in the Yakko voice. Oh, my God. He did it twice. Awesome. Yeah, and he remembers every single word. I, I, I can't even believe it. I mean, I know he did it once, but right. wow, just the way he just fires it off is just I, amazing. I love this man so much. I mean, he, the voice actors in general are, are still one of the draws for me, you know? And, and whenever I hear them do their characters dead on years later, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's good now, stuff. I couldn't get to the Kevin Conroy, 
That okay. line was ridiculous, and it was in this hall. But you know what? You can see Kevin Conroy anywhere. I mean, he, I know. he does he does he does uh, he does the conventions, he does events, he does all this other stuff. That's why I didn't bother with any autographs this year because I figured, you know what? I could see them somewhere in a smaller setting and not have to wait like 80 minutes online. You know. And my favorite thing that I heard uh-huh. was Brian Azzarello was totally embarrassing the DC booth. Oh my! Really? Wow. Uh, too many people, more than one person told me that he was not exactly in the personality to attend a Comic-Con. Well, it's funny you mention that because not just there, but at the Watchmen panel. Word? At the before Watchmen panel, it was one of the most awkward moments you could imagine. At one point, he actually says to the crowd, I don't understand why you people even like Rorschach. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And the whole thing like felt like spin to everybody that was there. I myself didn't attend, but everybody everybody who's reported on it has pretty much said that it was like they were doing their best to try and feel enthused about a project that they really were not actually excited about. Well, John Byrne, you don't feel so lonely anymore. It looks like everybody's going crazy. <laughs> you hear that, Liefeld? You got company now in the angry department. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. Oh, what a con. Yup, and you gave away an Xbox. Uh Uh-huh. We gave away an Xbox and a set of Phoenix Saga. Nice. Original comics. Man, you are are the man. You always have been. You always will be. Finally, my booth created a bottleneck at the con. Yeah, because now you're giving away free comics. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Quick, quick. Website, website, website. www.thefixer.com. We got a fan page on Facebook. Like us, like us, like us. Love us, love us, love us. And love us, yeah. Shilling, shill, Damn my right. shill. Umar, see you around. Come on down. You know you're always welcome. Damn skip it. All right, hope everybody enjoyed the interviews. And uh, once again, that was 2012. Don't confuse yourselves. That was near Comic-Con 2012. You stepped out of the time machine. You stepped out of the Murdo patented time bubble. Sorry, Murd, for stealing your trademark there. But uh, now you're back in 2013. Take a deep breath, relax, and realize that in four days' time, you will be at the New York Comic-Con if you're going to it. And if you're not, then you'll hear about it soon enough on Comic Timing. But mycomiccon.com or newyorkcomiccon.com if you feel like saying the entire thing. Uh, And uh, they're going to be back, and they're going to be streaming the whole bunch of the show on Twitch.tv on two separate channels from the main stage, the Empire stage, and the show floor all weekend long. For those of you who are unable to attend, for those of you who are able to attend, get that guidebook app on your tablet or mobile device. Highly suggest that. And we're sponsored by DCBS at DCBService.com. CT8 is the promo code for additional 8% off your first order. And make sure to pre-order Rainbow in the Dark, the complete series, while you're at DCBS for 45% off at $16.49. Because I want Adam and Comfort to get as many people buying this book as possible. And it's not just because I help edited it. It's actually pretty good. Huh? 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 All right. Okay. All right. And that's it for this episode. Uh, We'll be back later in the month with, as I said, a wrap-up of New York Comic Con as well as the interviews that are conducted there. Plus, uh, we'll probably have some uh, general comic talk with uh, with Brent and a couple of the boys uh, to come here and maybe even some comic timing extra points and BK's bullets. We shall see. But the email address for comic timing is comictiming at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the Comics Podcast Network for all 
of the best comics podcasts out there. We are proud members at checkmatacomicspodcast.com. And uh, we're also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts or comicbooknoise.com slash league. You can find out more about Comic Timing at facebook.com slash comic timing. And uh, my uh, Tumblr is heha-ds9.tumblr.com. Post a whole bunch of comic stuff there and other nerdy, geeky things as well. And uh, why not? I am sci-fi on Twitter for the hell of it. So for everyone who I interviewed on this episode, thank you for being on it. And for everybody else out there, I am Ian Levinson, reminding everybody out there that there's always time for comics. substitute teacher ever, probably Ian Levenstein at least once.